0: The following is a Barrett Sports Media production.
1: We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos. Great review and subscribe. Do everything you are supposed to do so that more people find the media noise podcast. This whole episode is going to be about 97-1 the freak. By the time you hear this, the station either will have launched in Dallas or is about to launch in Dallas. Jason Barrett is going to join me to talk about that coming up in just a moment. Before I get into my uh, thought for today, though, I do want to tell you, if you have not subscribed to all of the Barrett Sports Media podcasts, uh, please do. Uh, The conversation with Jay Williams on the Jason Barrett podcast and the conversation Uh, with Yaman Koskin on Seller to Seller this week, I think are the very best episodes of each of those podcasts so far. So please go find the other BSM podcasts. Okay, but first, I know Fox is going to give Tom Brady nearly $40 million a year. Uh, to be a broadcaster on their top NFL team when his playing career is over. That was probably the biggest broadcasting news of the NFL offseason. But can we stop pretending that he is the biggest winner in all of this? The biggest winner in the NFL's eyes is clearly Peyton Manning. The news this week that Peyton's Omaha Productions is essentially going to take over the replacement for the Pro Bowl tells you not what the broadcast partners but the league think about the value that the Manning cast brings to the NFL each and every week, and that value extends into not just, look, we do this 10 times a year. It is this very unique thing. It has spawned a whole cottage industry of alternative broadcasts. Set that to the side for a moment. The value is that the NFL recognizes there is a different approach, a level of creativity that they have not yet embraced, that it probably took the endorsement of someone like Peyton Manning for the league to get on board with. Tom Brady will be the highest paid broadcaster once he finally enters the Fox booth. Tony Romo changed the landscape of what it is a broadcaster can be paid. Troy Aikman has a long history of being a top performer when it comes to analyzing live football games. None of them clearly carry the influence carry the respect that Peyton Manning does. And by the way, that is not a shot at any of those other guys. That is 100% praising what Peyton, and to a smaller extent, Eli, have created with the Manning cast and with Omaha Productions. You know, those other guys, it is the network saying, we trust you. Peyton Manning is basically having a crown put upon his head by Roger Goodell and the NFL owners and saying... For all of the research we did about where media is going and where the NFL's place in it will be in the future, we now cede all of our findings and all of ideas to you, the Manning brothers, and we will trust whatever you decide going forward. Dallas is not a stranger to having three sports stations, although I think I'm not alone when I thought that when ESPN 103.3 went away. It was going to become a traditional 2 sports station market. That is not the case. Ninety-seven won The Freak, by the time you're hearing this, may have already debuted. Uh, let's uh, bring in Jason Barrett to uh, talk about this. Jason, the talent lineup, it makes sense to be where we start because I think we suddenly understand why the ticket was losing so many key contributors during the course of this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, a lot of these things, you have no idea what's being talked about behind the scenes. If they're First of all, guys sometimes get tired. They've been doing a job for 15, 20 years. If they want to be talent and that road is blocked because the station is successful, like look at the ticket, the Musers,
1: the Hardline,
0: Bad Radio, you know, Dan McDowell in, in middays with Jake Kemp. Like they've got really good talent. So, you know, Norman Donovan, those guys do real well. So if you're a talent and you want to be a main featured personality on that station, and that's not available, you can't fault the station. They're doing well at the same time. That means you're going to have to open your mind to other possibilities. And when a guy like Mike Reiner, who had retired, comes up as a potential, you know, he's going to get back in the game, potential option to work with again, he's obviously got a lot of friends. A lot of people respect what he's accomplished in that market. And so I'm sure some of these people who've decided, Hey, you know, we're going to take a break and pause and get out of this for a bit. They, there might, you know, I'm not in each of their worlds. I don't know what those discussions have been, but if there was this possibility and it meant that they had to take a 90 day break, uh, you know, you could see where there's probably, this didn't just happen. I'm guessing in a week, I saw news two weeks ago, that the PD at the Eagle had left effective immediately. I didn't think anything of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but when you get guys like Ben and Skin, who've been really successful on that station since they left the Fan, a guy like Reiner, a guy like Jeff Kavanaugh, he's got a great you know social footprint, built a lot of equity at the Fan. I mean, that's the makings of a really good radio station. And, and where I think you really got to give credit here is to iHeart, because look, you know iHeart gets credit obviously in. Minneapolis, Tampa, Los Angeles, they do a really good job. But in a lot of other local markets, they, they go with a heavier national footprint. Yeah, It's not cheap to get this lineup built. And for them to go in the space in a top five, top six market like Dallas with this kind of talent, I'm sure they're putting some cost behind it. And they're getting the right type of talent if you want to make an impact against those other brands. So that is exactly kind of what I wanted to ask you about
1: was like, look, exactly what you said. The reputation of iHeart in the sports space is that the Minneapolis' and Tampa's of the world are the exception, right? Like it's, not really the rules. So what does it say to you as somebody that has been watching the format, watching the uh, industry as a whole for a long time now? What does it say to you about the influence of Mike Reiner, that his availability has iHeart totally pivoting away from they usually approach sports talk?
0: Well, I think there's a few things here. I think, first of all, the success of Ben and Skin is a big part of this. Those guys moved over from the fan, went into afternoons. They were number one in afternoon drive. So when you have something successful in the drive time slot, like don't forget at one Oh five, three, the fan, Ben and skin were afternoons. Then they got moved to middays. They said, you know what? We think we're a drive time show. We're going to go somewhere else and do that. And they did. And they've been successful doing it. They also obviously have a lot of friends in town. They're friends with Kavanaugh, Mm -hmm. they're friends with Reiner. Reiner did a few fill-in shifts at the Eagle. I think it was last year. So obviously they probably, you know, got together. Hey, would you ever consider coming back? And that, you know, Reiner goes on the radio has some fun goes, I like those guys. Yeah. It probably won't happen financially. It's not going to make sense. Well, you know, look, Mike Reiner in Dallas has shown he's got the ability to not only generate ratings and buzz, they probably make a lot of revenue with Mike Reiner. So From a business standpoint, if you know, and I don't know the ins and outs of the Eagle, how they were performing from a revenue standpoint, ratings outside of Ben and Skin. I haven't studied that radio station, but what I look at is they wouldn't be going down this road if they didn't think it had greater potential in ratings and greater potential in revenue. And we got guys like Kavanaugh and Reiner that you could go to market and say, you know, these people, they've been successful here. And by the way, we're already. In a really dominant position in afternoon drive with a show that has 15, 20 years of equity in the market. That's a really healthy place to be. And so I, you know, a lot of this, I'm sure they had to get signed off up top from iHeart, mm-hmm. but iHeart Local had to believe there was a business plan here that made a lot of sense. And if you look at Dallas Sports Radio in general, the fan and the ticket have been really healthy over yeah. the years. You know ESPN 103.3 was for a while when Randy Galloway was there and then it kind of dipped off the last few you know five six years because the the emphasis on you know cumulus got its uh, claws into it and really treated 1033 like the second station. It wasn't built to right. the it, it had the
1: ticket. it had the Mavericks and and it had these shows that it kind of felt they were obligated to keep on
0: yeah and, and they had some talent on it but yeah. they they made it clear, the ticket is the breadwinner. 103.3 is there to be the second, you know, the second placeholder for the uh, for the company. So in, in that being said, with the fan and the ticket being healthy and 103.3 taking two points out of the market, you know, you add it all up. There was a, there was enough audience there for three stations. But to do that, you've got to have difference makers. Mm-hmm. Reiner, Kavanaugh, <laughs> you get Ben and Skin. Those are difference makers. You can definitely make some inroads there. So
1: that, I I think, sort of leads to the question of, like, this is not about Gavin Spittle and Jeff Catlin. Personally, this is not about the ticket and the fan individually. This is more about a guy with a programming brain looking at a third sports station coming into the market and probably coming in in a stronger position than any challenger ever has before. What are you thinking if you're a PD at one of those two brands
0: today? I mean, I'm thinking just protect my house because even though Ben and Skinner are doing well, look, 97-1, the freak, as it's being rumored, they're going to have to develop an audience in morning and middays mm-hmm. that are going to come for sports talk. And right now, look, Morning Drive, the Musers and Sean and RJ, those are two pretty yeah. damn good shows. So if those shows continue to stay strong, and you know don't don't lose any momentum don't have any roster changes those stations should be in good good shape I think the biggest reason why this is possible is because the fan lost talent the ticket lost talent when talent become available I wrote you know I talked about this on my podcast earlier this week this is what happens in Miami you look around Miami there's talent all over the place yeah so if you're you know now whether or not it's profitable and makes business sense for someone to go in and launch a local station, that's a different discussion. They have to look at a lot of things. But the first place you got to start is, is there enough talent here to put a brand out that we think with time can make us money? In this case, there was a lot of talent out there to be had. It was just a matter of convincing guys like Reiner to Wave the retirement flag and say, "the hell with it. I'll put it in the storage closet for now. I'm going to get back out there and have some fun for a few years.
1: So the initial report that we saw said that the freak will have a sports lean. It will be very uh, lifestyle and guy talk heavy. I mean, it sounds like they are running the old ticket playbook, which look, you you've said it several times. There is a lot of talent there that people are going to flock to and listen to. Um, what in your mind should be the point of differentiation or is there enough talent? Are there enough brand names between Ben and skin and Mike Reiner and everyone else that we've heard, Julie Dobbs, all these other people, Jeff Cavanaugh that we've heard are involved
0: that they can be running the same playbook for a while. I think it's that you have an expectation in that market. If you've listened to Mike Reiner that, you know what Mike Reiner is going to do. You know mm. what Ben and Skin are going to do. You know what Jeff Kavanaugh is going to do. And if they're really good at something, you don't go in there and go, well, the ticket cornered the market on uh, being lifestyle and guy talk. And the fan is really committed to sports talk outside of morning drive and you know, and a mixture of lifestyle and they have the play by play. So we'll just do something different. No, if you get really great talent that are great at something, you put them in the position to do what they're great at. And then you go, listen. We're going to, you know, like when I went to San Francisco, I didn't go there and say, Hey, let's run the game and do A's and Raiders and sharks because K and doesn't. Right. You know, no, we have to be better at giants and Niners and warriors than K and does or show a different way of doing it, but you can't excuse and eliminate what's important to people. You have to do what matters to people that they want to listen to. So if people like Mike Reiner's ability to entertain, they like the way Ben and skin make them laugh and think and have fun. You, you lean into that. And then, you know, really what's going to come down to is that, you know, I think you're going to look at this. If, if the freak winds up being what's reported and credit to Richie Witte, he, he had the story first for sports illustrated, but if that winds up materializing the way it's been reported, you're still going to have the ticket in a really good spot mm-hmm. the fan in a good spot and the freak will show and be in a really good spot. Then it's going to be a game of inches. You know, it's uh, I don't think you're going to have one doing what 103.3 did with a two share while the others are playing in the yeah. ten space. It's it's going to be competitive.
1: So, let's talk about uh another group this might be really really good for cuz iHeart is in the sports business now in Dallas and we have seen just in this last year they don't have to have a sports station in your market to be very serious about sports in your market. Look at the Panthers in Charlotte. Look at the Commanders in Washington. Uh If I am Jerry Jones, if I am the Texas Rangers, I am probably very happy today that another
0: potential bidder has uh turned on, right? You're always... Looking that way. And, you know, look, um, the example, some of them that you gave, you know, rock stations do carry play by play. The Chiefs were on the Fox forever right. in Kansas City. So if play by play, you know, it, it largely appeals to a male 25, 54 demographic, 35, 64 as well. And those teams at the end they yeah, they would like the sports station because there's that ability to be talked about beyond the play by play. But most of these owners don't really care. They care I, about who's got the biggest check. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, like I think it is probably
1: more uh, not so much that the teams would prefer to be on the sports station. The sports station would prefer to have the teams and be the one-stop destination, right? Like that, That if I am the owner of, you know, the the – uh, Cowboys, the Rangers, or even the stars. That's sort of what excites me the most is I know what I have to offer them, not the other way around.
0: Well, I think, you know, the other part of this is Mark Cuban and the Mavericks are on 97.1. It was important, you know, they were a big focal point and featured piece of ESPN 103.3. When that brand decided it was going to go national, obviously that didn't excite the Mavericks. Mm Mm-hmm. Cuban has always had a great relationship with Ben and skin. He goes on their show. Now his brand feels like, yes, it, it's worthy of being featured on a brand. The the Cowboys are going to do what is best for the Cowboys, <laughs> yeah, right? The Rangers are going to do what's best for the cow uh, for the Rangers. And I don't think one of 5.3, the fans going to have any, you know, shortage of interest in either of the two they've worked with them for a while. I think those owners, will always want more to line up and contend because it's the way that they get a better, better rate at the end of the day. But the bottom line is as long as there's pro sports in Dallas, they're going to be interested in radio stations, whether they're sports or outside of the format. Let's wrap here. You and I actually
1: had this conversation yesterday of that. No matter where sports are good, this industry, sports radio, sort of the lifeblood is that I-95 corridor in the Northeast, right? It is New York, it is Boston, it is Philadelphia. Um, Does it take a event and a a major change in the landscape like this sometimes to remind us, oh shit, Dallas is like maybe the best sports radio market in the country in terms of the spread out amount of talent?
0: Look, I I think this... um... First of all, I think decision-makers see it with the I-95 corridor. You know, yeah. the New York, Boston, Detroit, Philadelphia, that's where a lot of the attention comes. I've lived in other places. I don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. I think the score in Chicago, K-Fan in Minneapolis, the ticket in the fan in Dallas, K&BR in the game in San Francisco, they're all equal brands. They're on the same footing. They have a really strong stranglehold on the audience in each of those markets. The problem is most in sports radio live in the New York, Philly, Boston world, because that's where a lot of decisions get made. But look, don't lose sight. A lot of decisions come out of Los Angeles, too. Right. And so it just comes down to, you know, CBS radio built it that way for a long time. You had a lot of the power in sports radio came from CBS. They owned the whole country, the best brands. And most of the decisions came from New York. ESPN was in Bristol, Connecticut. So a lot of that really stems from there. But as someone who lived in St. Louis, lived in San Francisco, worked in Philly, worked in Connecticut, I've got more of a you know U.S. view than I do a Northeast view. And I think there's, you know, if I'm in Chicago or if I'm in Dallas, I'm putting my brand up against any of those any time of the week because they're really strong brands. They generate ratings. They generate revenue. And that's no slight to the WIPs, the 106.7, the fans, the hubs, all those brands are great. But that doesn't mean the brands in the, you know, the West, the South, the Midwest and the North, uh, you know, the North part of the country aren't equally as impactful.
1: This concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the Media Noise Podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review and check back soon for new episodes to stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.